One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. There, there, there is so much more for the Lord, from the Lord for you. And a lot of times we actually shut the Lord out because of the mindset that we take in our walk. We get complacent. We get uh, in a routine. I mean, that's human nature. You fall back into a routine, but that's actually opposite of depending on the Lord who says he'll speak to his sheep and lead you down a path through life, right? Amen? All right, so oftentimes prophetically what happens is, uh, you know, I'll say some things that might twist and turn your heart in a way that you think I don't love you, but I'm here to tell you I love you, man. Amen. The Lord actually has to uncover that and pull out uh, what, the, what, what he wants to speak to to get you to the next thing. So are you willing to let down your guard and to allow the Lord to pull something new out of you? Amen. All right. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. In every way, I've put up a, a, a wall. I give you permission to step through the walls of my heart and pull out of me what you have for me, what you've identified me as in this next season. I will not limit you. Let me hear your voice and I'll do your will, O Lord. Amen? All right, now you just gave the potter commands. Okay, now he actually comes and breaks hardened pottery so he can remold it into the new thing. Amen. 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 So get ready. (laughs) Get ready for the Lord. It it actually doesn't feel good when you're going from a comfortable season into a new season. People often uh, describe it as this doesn't feel right. I just don't know why this has happened to me. This is the devil. That's the devil, the devil, the devil. You know, can I tell you this, that a lot of times it's the Lord actually making an uncomfortable environment for you to get you out of your comfort zone, to draw on him in a way that you've never drawn on him or that you've become complacent in. So you can knock on his door and actually he comes and talks to you in a way that you couldn't hear four months ago. Amen? So, all right, everybody all right? All right, so... Let me ask you this question. Is your, person, is your purpose as a Christian to measure up, to match what is in the book? Or is there your purpose in Christ to actually receive and uh, discover? Because if your approach is based on that you did something wrong, that you have to measure up and achieve, that's not the way Christ sees you, right? Je- Jesus' blood actually is the veil that The Father looks through, and He sees you as clean. He sees you as um, the the son that He uh, is, son and daughter that He designed you to be. Right? You're not broken. You're not uh, uh, ever gonna uh, not measure up. All the all the junk that keeps you from actually seeing 
you the way he sees you, that requires um, a mindset of discovery and following, which is totally different from normal church, which is to come and achieve, to match all the requirements and the commandments. But that's not, that's not Christ. Christ accomplished all that junk. It says that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and the prophets. He fulfilled everything so that when you step through the door of Christ, you leave the old man behind, you step into the new thing. And that, that is where you go from glory to glory to glory because you continually leave the old, the old glory, even the awesome thing that happened three weeks ago in the church, you leave it go because you're waiting for the new thing the Lord is producing to you and then through you. Amen? Amen? So, so you're ready to leave the old things go? That, that 30 years of sitting in that, that place that, where all your friends were or what, whatever it is, Right? The Lord will always lead you and change relationships in that process. But a lot of us get comfortable in our old thing. So there's a couple scriptures we need to set as a foundation before we start talking this week about um, this new thing that the Lord is going to do to you and through you. Amen. Ecclesiastes uh, 3.11 says this. It says, The Lord has locked destiny in their hearts, and no one can find it except that God reveal it. You think about that too hard, and that'll mess you up, man. Because I know too many Christians who think that because they came to an altar, and they said, I, I, I believe Jesus. They actually don't know Jesus because they don't depend on Jesus to come and turn the lock on their heart and maneuver them and, and send them and stop them and uh, clothe them and protect them and do everything for them. A lot of Christians still try to use that mentality of doing it on their own the way they used to. Right? So, first scripture is that only God can reveal who you really are. And just because five years ago you did this in the church or you were called to do that doesn't mean that you're going to be doing it for the next 10. It always requires you to pull on Him and pull on Him and pull on Him and knock and knock and knock until the Master comes and speaks the new thing into your life. That is why your prayer life is the most central part of your walk. A lot of Christians think that it's the church. Can I tell you this? The church would look like the book of Acts if in your home you had your prayer life as the center of your relationship and then you actually brought Christ to church and you released Christ wherever you went. You released Christ on the streets. Are you with me? Those are two different pictures. And so... It's very important that we actually set our minds on the revelation that, oh my goodness, I need God. I don't know when the last time you went to the altar was or when the last time you actually woke up at 5.30 because you felt this unction and you just thought that was the pizza you ate the night before so you roll back over, but actually it was the Lord shaking you saying, hey man, I want to talk to you. Come, let's go down to the basement that you called your prayer room three years ago that you never went to. Huh? Can, can we start today? It all centers around you and him. The, the church, what would the church look like if even 30 or 40 of you guys were beaten on the Lord's door, hearing him and coming with this vision to release this new vision out into this city? What would this city look like? Are you with me? I got radically saved, and the first thing the Lord did to me when, when I got up off the ground was this language came flying out of my mouth. 
I never even knew what the Holy Ghost was. Nothing. I, I, I grew up in a, what I would call a dead Methodist church where, you know, you stand up, sit down a couple of times, you hear a five-minute sermon off the internet or wherever they got them back in the 70s, and out the door you went. I never saw anybody weep in church. I never saw anything in terms of the presence of God truly alive. But when I got up off the ground after a prophet laid his hand on me, and I knew Christ was real because that language wasn't me. <laughs> that was something supernatural, way beyond anything that I could do. I, I got messed up, man. And I, I fell in love with the presence of God. I, I love God. To the, I, lo- I loved him from the moment he came on me and clothed me in the power of his Holy Ghost. And from that moment, I thirst every day of my life to run into my prayer room. And it's from that prayer room that he speaks to me. And I'm not anything special. I'm just an average guy, man. I was actually a drunk before I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm an educated drunk, but I'm still a drunk. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I've got a couple master's degrees and an engineering degree. And um, I was climbing the corporate ladder and uh, I couldn't get fulfilled. But when the Spirit of God came on me, I fell in love with this God who shifted my whole life. Amen? And He's here to, to do the same fire igniting in your prayer life. I couldn't, for no, for no, uh, no matter how bad I wanted to change, I couldn't change until the power of the Holy Ghost came on me. Amen? And He started to speak to me and unlock things in my heart that I tried to fulfill, I tried to fill the void, I tried to do all these things to um, overcome that feeling of being separated, being lonely, being afraid. All, all those feelings, I couldn't stop them. But when the Holy Ghost came on me, it was all over, man. I fell in love. Is there anybody here in love? If you were to answer that question, if you were to answer that question right now tonight, could you say you're doing this because you're in a routine or are you flat out in love with God and you can't wait for the next thing he's going to speak to you because the path of your life is going to shift every time he speaks. He's going to unveil. He's going to create. He's going to build. He's going to release. And when he speaks, you get this revelation that, oh my goodness, I don't walk alone I walk with the king of glory, man. I walk with the one who has the army of heaven. Amen? That's a total different way of thinking. So you have to realize that, um, you know, there, there is a destiny for you. And the question is, have you discovered your destiny? Have, ha, are you in a prayer life to a degree that you are pulling on him in a way that he will speak to you and unveil your destiny? There's a scripture in Revelation 3, 5. It says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. The word clothed, when you, when you see the word clothing in the New Testament, it's actually an indication of you being identified. Meaning that you, 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 you were born into this world, and because of the, the parents and the environment that you, the, that you dwell in, you actually take on an identity. Some of, some of those identities are real, but a lot of those identities are weighty. They're depressing. They're hopeless. You, a lot of people had a very lot of bad things happen to them, right? But when Christ comes into your life and he begins to speak, 
He is literally re-identifying you. He is putting his clothing on you, those white garments, that jewelry, the equippings. He does things to you that releases you and say, oh my goodness, never in my wildest dreams could I see myself standing in a foreign nation in front of thousands of people. How does that happen to a guy that five years earlier hated life? How does that happen? Unless the king of glory comes and speaks to your heart. How many of you right now have dreams, visions, or flow in the gift of prophecy? How many, how many of you know this, or maybe you don't know it, but the Lord's desire is that your prayer life would release a prophetic flow. And whether it comes in him speaking to you in the night in dreams, whether it comes to you in vision in your prayer life, or whether you hear him in pictures and, and, and even unctions of the Holy Spirit in different ways, there's a flow Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, right? Is there a river flowing out of you? I'm not talking about the Bible. I know a lot of people that beat each other over the head with the Bible. I'm talking about life-giving, the life-giving river of the prophecy, the spirit of prophecy of Almighty God. I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself, but it gets me excited to talk about this God who would value each one of us so greatly that he desires you to have this unique element of your heart that is only for him. Is he your first love? If you were to answer the question, are, are, you, are you chasing him with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your soul? You see, there's a book written of you in heaven. I don't know if you know that, but inside of Christ um, is a book The book of Hebrews actually says that uh, when Christ came, it said, Behold, it is written of me, Lord, I come to do your will. There was a book written of Christ. And if you're in Christ, you have a volume. You have a chapter inside that book. Do you know what what is written of you in heaven? Do you know what is written of you in heaven? Can I tell you... As soon as I got back to the Holy Ghost, I literally, I mean, I was a freak in the Holy Ghost. I would pray. Sometimes I would pray all night long because I thirsted, not because I had to, because I loved God. And it's kind of a crazy story, but I would pray and wait. And I learned as I waited on the Lord, he 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 would flood my heart and he would speak. Sometimes he would speak in a clear voice. Sometimes he would show these movie pictures in front of me. And, and he would begin to speak to me about what it means. I, ha- I literally have a book of encounters of, of the Lord coming and speaking to me. And that's how I learned to prophesy. For years, I would sit by myself in the presence of God and write what he said to me. And after I, I learned to hear his voice, then he started putting me in front of people to, to speak to people in a way that they've not yet heard, right? And so just because I prophesy to you tonight, I'm not saying that you don't hear God. The Lord will actually send people to, to speak to you, right? But it's, it's in connection with your own prayer life, with hearing God in dream, hearing God in vision, all centered around your heart chasing after him. Everybody all right? All right. So the goal is actually that the real you be unveiled. Not that you have to come to the altar and, and measure up and earn up. That's not what the blood of Christ was for. The blood of Christ washed you clean, right? So if you're washed clean, what is my purpose? Why would he call me? Is he really that in love with me? Is he that in love with me that he would use the act of Christ 
2,000 years ago that his blood would wash me and create this environment to where the Holy Ghost would come into my life and keep tugging on me and pulling on me and speaking to me and, and pulling on me and speaking to me and pulling on me. Are you kidding me? You see, the, 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 the purpose of, of your walk is really chasing God. It's chasing this living God, and in the process of chasing him, he unveils you. In Romans 8, verse 18 and 19, it says this, For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You have any idea what the word revealed means there? I'm not going to go like Greek scholar on you, but the word revealed has two connotations. One is the word klepto. You guys know what the word klepto means, right? Klepto means to steal. So what that is actually saying, the unveiling process is to restore to you what was stolen from you. You're actually inside of your heart. That, that scripture in Ecclesiastes, it said your gl- the glory of God is locked in your heart. And what you really are is in there. Right? And he's coming to defeat the kleptomaniac who put this false identity on you. He's going to unveil you. And no longer are you going to walk around this world broken, ashamed, and unable to know exactly what you are. You're going to know because I'm going to unveil the sons of God. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why I'm in love with the Holy Ghost, man. (laughs) I mean, if you really understand the reason that Jesus told the disciples, you know, Jesus conquered sin on on the cross. He goes into hell. He takes the keys of life and death. So Jesus holds all keys. There's not one key that Jesus doesn't hold, right? Are you with me? The book of Revelation chapter one says that Jesus, after he went to hell and preached to the captives, that he also not only holds the key of life, he holds the key of death. He holds all keys. There's no key that Christ doesn't hold. So when Christ comes out of hell, he's preaching to the captive and he, he, he actually makes a way for the captive. That's you. That's what's inside of you, locked in your heart. He actually goes in and preaches and pulls out the real you. He saves you. Are you with me? And when he, has sent, when he comes out of hell and he walks on the earth for 40 days, he actually tells the disciples, don't leave this city because I'm going to ascend to the Father. I'm going to release upon you the power of the Holy Ghost and you'll know who you are. You will know who you are because that kleptomaniac called Satan who when you're born into this world, you have all these false identities and separations from the, from the Father himself. No longer are you separated. No longer are you powerless. No longer are you alone because I made a way. So stay in this city until I send upon you the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Are you in love with the Holy Ghost? Are you truly in love with the Holy Ghost? Jesus is, 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 no matter at what stage you're at in your walk, he is coming to continually unveil you. He is coming to continually unveil you. He is coming to smack the kleptomaniac off of your back again. He, it's like he's peeling you, and then he peels you again. And then he peels you again to this supernatural, high-flying disciple, witness of the Almighty King, gets sent out into the world. And I don't care. I don't care if it's even in this church you know who you are. But if you, uh, even if it's Walmart, you know who you are. Even if it's in your home, you know who you are. Even if it's in Little Rock, you know who you are. 
A person who knows who they are is always connected to the Holy Ghost. Amen? And if you're connected to the Holy Ghost, you are never alone. You are never powerless. You are never without. You are always with the King of Heaven. Amen? You say, well, how, how is it? Well, how many people do you take with you, Dave? Um, all but two missions, I've gone myself. And you've preached to thousands and thousands of people. How do you do that? I don't know. I don't go alone. I have an army that goes with me. Are you with me? I have an army that goes with me. I can't do that. A man can't do that. It's not possible. So you ready to kick the klepto out of your life? (laughs) You see, a lot of people fall into the trap where they think their failures and everything is their own self-issue. That is the greatest deception of it all. The whole thing's a deception. He steals from you. Although you went to the altar and received Christ, he gets you to stay in the routines and the old things that you were used to when he has this, this great, amazing new glory for you. Amen? You see, there's two sides. There's the religion, the fake imposter side. You know, you know people that, that, you know, they try to play the part. They come to church. You know, they're just going through the routine because you can sense in their heart, eh, I'm not sure about that guy. He's not really on fire for the Lord. He doesn't, you know, it, there's just no evidence. It may look like a green tree, but when you pick up the, 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 the leaf, there, there's, where's the fruit, Right? Where are the people around you getting touched by the Holy Ghost? So if you had to ask that question, how would you answer it? Wait a minute. This is a leader's group, right? There's fire coming out of every one of you, right? There's living water flowing out of every one of you, right? Are you with me? (laughs) You see, my purpose is not just to prophesy to you. My purpose is... To establish a foundation that your mind gets set on the Holy Ghost so that what I speak to you doesn't actually just get put on a shelf and you wait to see whether or not it happens. Okay? Do you, you ever hear that theology being taught? True prophecy requires a person to actually hold on to it with all their heart. Did Caleb hold on to it? Right? Caleb heard the Lord say, that's your promise. You guys are going in. And a whole nation said, we're not big enough. We can't do it. That aren't, that's an army of giants. We're afraid. But Caleb and Joshua said, I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say, this is what I am. I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say. And then you actually, they waited 40 years to become what the Lord said. And when, they, when Caleb went in that new, into that promise, he said, hey, Joshua, do you remember the day the Lord said? Do you remember that day? He said, those mountains in Hebron are my mountains. I want my mountains. That's who I am. I am the ruler of the mountains in Hebron, the place where the big giants are, where the giants of this promised land dwell on those mountains. Those are my mountains. At 85 years old, he waited for his promise. He actually pulled on God. Can you picture Caleb? He got a prophecy, and he had to wait till all those around him, unbelieving, died off. And he kept knocking on the door of the Lord. That's my promise, Lord, you said. That's my promise, Lord, you said. That's a picture of prophecy. That's a picture of, of, of you receiving the prophecy and believing it and pulling on it. 
right? Some words are instant. Some words are like words of knowledge, like right now, like people will go into deliverance and that, those are cool words. But there's other words that like if you get identified that, that you're supposed to be a pastor and right now you were just selling crack last night. Uh, you're, you're a bit away, but the Lord speaks to those type of people. The Lord calls crack dealers. The Lord calls drunks. The Lord calls people who crump, comfortably sat in pews for 30 years. Amen? Amen? So I challenge you, the words you receive, I don't know if, you, if you've received words in the past, and you just kind of put them on the shelf, and you go, eh, I don't know about that one. They're either real or they're not real. Right? That, there's, a, there's a scripture that, that talks about you see in part, you prophesy in part. Can I, can I give you an interpretation of that that I'm not sure you know, most people believe? When, when a prophet, when I see a vision, I am, I am giving you the fullness of what the Lord showed me. And it may only be part of what you really are or what you're to do, but that part is either 100% true or that part is 100% wrong. And you either, see, most people don't want to make the decision of discerning whether it's real or not. They just put it aside and wait. But the Lord actually comes and he, he challenges you. Is that you? Is that, do you believe it? If that's you and you, it is for a word for you, you better have that as a central element of your prayer life. And say, hey, Lord, you remember that? Hey, Lord, you remember that? I'm still knocking on the Lord's door. Probably 10 years ago, the, the, the Lord and about five different prophetic people came to me and said, you're going to have a school of prophecy. That was, that was long before India. That was long before the Lord sending me to Pittsburgh, waking me up, sending me back to West Virginia. All kind of things. And I'm still knocking on the Lord's door because I believe in my heart that not only did he give me dreams about a school of prophecy, but he gave me um, prophetic people speaking to my life. And they all lined up and I'm saying, hey, Lord, a school of the prophets. We're doing a school of the prophets, Lord. I don't know where it's at, what church it's going to be connected with. If it's in India, if it's the United States, I'm not sure. I'll go, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm still holding on to it. Amen. How many of those are you holding on to? How many of those do you knock on the Lord's door with every day and remind him of what he said you are? Or what this church is going to do? If you intercessors come together and you hear the Lord, how are you praying to, to uh, not only have vision and hear the Lord, but to prophesy it and believe what's going to happen in this city? Israel centered their life around the presence of God. They didn't center their life around the ritual practice. It was around the fire. It was around the fire of the presence of God. Amen? Are you with me? Is everybody all right? You say, well, Dave, how can you be so confident about these books? How are you sure that there's a book written about me? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, one of the prophetic encounters I had early on with the Lord, um, I, had a, I had a vision, I had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord over the years has taken me to the same hallway in heaven and shown me different rooms. And um, when he did it, he would always unlock something new in my life. And during this one encounter, the Lord takes me to this hallway in heaven. And I'm standing in this hallway and he's standing there, he has a loincloth on. And I can see the scars on his feet, the scars on his hand, the scars on his back. I mean, the scar on his side. And he, he grabbed my hand and he, he, he like allowed me to touch the scars on his body. And then he pulls out this key. 
And he walks me to a certain door in this hallway. He unlocks the door. He takes me in, and inside of this, this room are three library shelves. The first library shelf said captive. The second one said deliverance. And the third one said restoration. And there's this mist, like this cloud floating in this room. And all of a sudden, Jesus touched me, and I started getting so hungry that I was literally uh, ready to devour anything. And he started taking, grabbing books off the shelves and feeding me, okay? And so this, this process went on till I ate every book on every library shelves. Every book that was uh, on, the, on the shelf of captivity, every book on the shelf of deliverance, every book on the shelf of restoration. And as he was pulling them off the shelf, I saw names of people written on those books. And when he was done feeding me all the books... He actually pulled out two cell phones, and he programmed them so his number was in my phone and my number was in his phone. He handed me the one phone, and it rings, so I pick it up, and he's looking at me. We're looking at each other, and he says, you ready to go? I said, yeah, I'm ready to go, and boom. When I came out of that experience, I had an ability to prophesy and care for people that I did not have before that encounter. Amen? Amen? And, and the Lord actually released me to go do things, and I could, I could know, I prophesied before that, but I didn't prophesy like, the, like, I can't even describe it, like this heart that truly cared for people that could take them from captivity through deliverance and into their restoration. And when I, when I came out of that experience, I just had this overwhelming need to, to speak into people's hearts and saying, I don't care if you, if you sold drugs or you are a prostitute or what you did last night, but this is the way the Lord sees you, right? And, and it just, it changed my life. And I don't believe that I'm anything special. I believe that the Lord will speak to anybody who chases him with all their heart. And it, so the question comes back, are you chasing the Lord with all your heart? And you may say, well, I don't know anybody who has dreams or visions or encounters like that. Well, one of the thing, reasons I think I'm here is to pray with you that this door would open up in your life that you would have the same hunger and the same type of encounters with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Is there anybody here hungry for more of the Holy Ghost? Are you tired of the same routine? Can you feel something new about to be birthed not only in you but around you? Amen? There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's like this, there's this feeling of excitement. There's a feeling of excitement that, that I felt when I came into this place. Like when I heard, when I heard Cricket, he's like, nah, nah, you know Cricket, man. Nah, rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you set me up with this guy. This guy is as crazy as me. See, you have to believe in your heart. You have to have such an encounter with the Lord that, you, that nothing will stop you. That, it, that you will pursue, you will break through every limitation. And, and it be, because if you realize that this world is a facade, that he is the king of kings, he is the God of all gods, and if he said you to, you're to do it, it will get done. His word will not return void. See, a lot of people take that scripture and they try to use the word, the written word. But it, a lot of that isn't personal. 
But when he gives you a dream and he gives you a vision and he shifts you and he said, I'm sending you here and then I'm sending you there, everything changes because you know that the God of all gods spoke to you and nothing can stop God. Did he not start the whole thing by saying, I spoke into the darkness and the darkness could not stop the light? It couldn't comprehend it. It could not. It, 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 it was at the mercy of the light. It was at the mercy of the voice, the spoken word of God. So if you center your life around hearing his voice, oh my God, this world is at the mercy of what you hear. Are you with me? This, mercy, this world is at the mercy of what you hear. Are you, my, my God, it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple. But yet we make everything so complicated. But the reality is if you hear God, oh my, oh my goodness. Your home shifts. Your church shifts. Your workplace shifts. Because he said it. Because he said it. The biggest issue is not sin. It's not the act of sin. A lot of, a lot of people get hung up on trying to stop the act of sin. Can I tell you, you alone will never stop the act of sin. You can't stop it. But when you encounter the one who imparts to you and changes your heart, there's like this impartation of ability, this supernatural ooze of the Holy Ghost that this love that you have for him, it actually empowers you to overcome the thing that you could never stop. The only thing that keeps me from going back to drinking like a wild man is love. Is the love of God. Amen. I'm in love with Jesus. Are you in love with Jesus? Is there anybody here that would say, oh my God, I'm in love with Jesus. Am I in love? Lord, I'm in love with you. I'm absolutely in love. I will chase you. I'll do your will, O Lord. Behold, it is written in the book of me. I will do your will, O Lord. Open the book for me, Lord. Give me another vision. Give me another dream. Give me something that I will latch on to, that, I will, that will move me into the next thing, the next place that he has for me, the next conquering. Because the Lord doesn't move you there to be a victim. He moves you to a place to conquer it, to impart something to it, to over, help overcome it. The only ones that died in the wilderness were the unbelieving. You know anybody around you dying? Are they in need of the word of God? The king, the impartation of the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people that like try. They, try, they, they read the Bible and they, they're trying to do it, but they don't go to the one who imparts the ability to overcome it. Don't get me wrong. I've read that Bible. I probably read the book of John a thousand times. That's no joke. Dude, I love the word of God. But he actually shifted my heart at a point to chase the true God. That's God. That, book, that Bible was all true. It's, it's his word. But the living God, the word, is in heaven. And he will speak personally to every one of you. He will come and reach into your heart and unlock it and pull out. I'm talking pull out this prophetic person. Pull out this one who's in love. Pull out this one that doesn't even remember how she got raped or was a crackhead or whatever it was. That can't even remember it because I'm in love with this amazing Holy Ghost. I can't even remember what it was like. How many, how many Christians do you know stand up and say, well, 
I drank and I don't, I don't know how and I still get this amazing urge to drink and I just, it's a big fight for me. Dude, I can tell you right now you're not in love. Because if you were in love, dude, you'd be chasing the one who loves you. He's the lover of your soul. He is the lover of your soul. He is, he, he is so in love with you. That can, if you get the grasp of this, he is chasing you down. He actually, let me, let me give you the scripture that he gave me. When I had the experience in heaven, and the reason, the reason why he took me into the library, he took me to the scripture in uh, John 20. If you can put John 20, verse 24 to 27 up on the screen. Who's the disciple who touched the side of Jesus? Touched his scars. He was unbelieving until Jesus came after he rose from the grave and let him touch his scars. Amen? So, verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of his nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. And he said to Thomas, he came in for Thomas. He comes in and says, Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand in here and put it on my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Can I tell you that when Jesus comes, he, he actually is the one who shifts your heart. He is the one who equips you to believe. He is the one who actually imparts something. Thomas actually walked with him for three years. For three years he walked with with Christ himself. But until Christ actually rose, until Thomas witnessed the resurrection, oh my God, you are the one. You came back to life. Can I tell you, Jesus has come back to life? And that, that scripture is a metaphor for your heart. It says that Jesus walked through the walls. That, the, the, that Thomas is inside. The real you is inside your heart. And Jesus is coming here tonight. He's coming here this week. He's coming to you in the near future to come through your heart in a dream, to come through your heart in a vision, to come through the walls of your heart with a prophetic word that will actually latch on and equip you to believe. Did you ever watch Christians come or people that come to the altar and it's like you can see they're trying, they're trying their hardest. It's like, what are you doing, dude? I'm trying to be faithful. You can't create faith. That's why it's the condition of your heart being in love that is connected to the one who imparts faith. He imparts ability. He, he creates in you. He speaks to you. You can't do this thing without a prophetic relationship of hearing God. Is there anybody here that would say, oh my gosh, I'm getting a revelation of how the Lord is trying to shift my whole life. That he would be the true priority and not just another thing. I love you guys. I I love you. But in order for, I believe, the prophecy that's coming for this place, for this whole body to shift, it happens with individuals 
having encounters and being loved, receiving the love, and then being able to love through that connection with the one who loves. Amen? A lot of people fall into the trap and say, well, the gifts of the Spirit are kind of like an optional thing. They're bolt-ons. That's not my experience. My experience is that if you have a prayer life, He speaks and they flow out of you. They're not even choices. They just flow out. Listen, the Lord is going to take this whole thing to a new level. You're not going to view the prophecy thing, the word of knowledge thing, the faith thing, the supernatural. It's not optional. All you have to be is in love. The Lord is calling you tonight to a new level of love. And when the leaders fall in love, it shifts a culture, and then the whole congregation falls in love. Are you with me? I know you love the Lord. You wouldn't be here on a Saturday night. You wouldn't have this, 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 these many people here. But the Lord, when he takes you to it, he's, he's trying to reveal a new glory. He's igniting a new level of love. Amen? He's igniting a new level of love. Is what I'm saying making sense? I'm not, I'm not offending anybody, am I? Huh? But the Lord loves you, man. You know, the, one of the craziest things that I get to do, um, I used to think that you had to have this theological foundation before you gave the Holy Spirit. I had to teach people through all the scriptures of why it said that the Holy Spirit would come and why Jesus not only died for sin, but he died to ascend and send the Holy Spirit. And I had to like go through these weeks and months of teaching with, with new believers. And when the Lord sent me to India, it was kind of like, he put me in front of so many people so fast, I got the revelation that, oh my gosh, I may only see this person or that person or this whole thousands of people one time. And I may get one shot to give this love that the Lord gave me. So I can actually impart something by loving Him and realizing that the Lord's desire is to send the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you realize that Jesus, when He ascended out of hell, He had one mission? One. He wasn't done. He actually ascended out of hell and he told the disciples, do not leave the city until I send the power of the Holy Ghost. And suddenly this man named Peter, who actually denied Christ on the night of the crucifixion, claimed he didn't even know him. Suddenly Peter gets up and says, this is that. This is the, what was pro- prophesied on the book of Joel. That you, you would dream dreams and prophesy. And he goes out onto the street fearless because he was in the Spirit. Weeks earlier, he's shaken. <gasps> I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And, and the Spirit of God comes on him, and he's literally running through the streets, preaching to the ones who put Christ on the cross, and they're converted. That's freaky, man. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's beyond a man's ability. That is, that, is, that is the revelation of the, the, the higher need of the Holy Ghost. It, it's not like uh, pe- people think of the Holy Ghost as, well, I, had, I was baptized once and I prayed in tongues once and I think I'm good. That's not the relational walk with the Lord that He gets sent the Holy Spirit for. Amen? Is this making sense? The Lord's desire is that you would walk in the, in the Holy Ghost. That, that you would move here because the Holy Ghost told you. And that you would go over here because the Holy Ghost told you. 
because you, your reliance is centered around this prayer life and you're in this fluid relationship of hearing him. Hearts are not designed by the Lord to be closed off to him. Right? It's not your fault. That's the kleptomaniac who put a veil on you and the Lord's coming to actually unveil this new you. Amen? Does anybody here feel like they need unveiled? Like there's something deeper, there's something bigger. There's, there's this new thing that the Lord has for you. Because there is, man, there's a new thing the Lord has for you guys. There's a new glory. I don't know what it was like the last 10 years, the last 20 years, the last 30 years, and you get caught in these routines in this false perception of what your role is in church or what church is or uh, good entertainment or not. That doesn't matter if you hear God. If you hear God, the whole, the darkness can't withstand the light. Amen? Amen? Are you with me? So when I asked you about, do you hear God? Do you, do you um, thirst after him? There was probably only about 20 of you that raised your hands. And my goal is that you all raise your hands. Because he desires to talk personally with every one of you. Right? Dreaming is not like, dreaming and visions and prophecy is not like an unusual thing if you read the Bible. Jesus said, the sheep will hear my voice. Daniel, uh, actually God gave Daniel knowledge and skill and wisdom and understanding in dreams and visions. Right? He was imparted things in dreams and visions. Jacob received from angels in dreams and visions. He had revelations of the Lord about how heaven and earth are connected. Right? I mean, you can go on through countless examples that dreams and visions and prophecy are the intent. I mean, that's when, when Jesus says, stay here until I send the power of the Holy Ghost, and Peter stands up and prophesies Joel about you dreaming, about you prophesying, this is that. This is that. Amen? The Lord's desire is that your whole life dwells around you and him in a relationship of hearing. So how many would say, I need more of the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody here that would say, I desire to dream with God? Amen? Just think about how you could conquer this whole city if, if, if even 20 of you were dreaming with God. I'm talking like you hear God and he says, I'm going to do a deliverance ministry over here. This guy is going to go do a, a child uh, uh, restoration. The, the, the youth that, that are captured by the drugs in this area. This guy over here is going to do a women's restoration thing. And all these people are functioning out of vision, and, but you're all connected in this collective. What would this city look like? This darkness could not withstand the lights. Amen? The darkness could not withstand the light. So all you need is to hear God. You need to hear the Holy Ghost. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, in every way, I've put my hand out. And I've kept you at a distance. I'm pulling my hand back, Lord. I want what you have to give me. I want you to come into my heart. And unlock my destiny. I want to be who you called me to be. Hallelujah. 
You know, I, uh, I felt this unction um, in, in worship while cricket was uh, pulling on your hearts to, to worship him. I felt this unction about the revelation of what it means to, to pull on him. How, ma- how many of you guys pray in the Holy Ghost? About half of you? You know, most Christians think that tongues, the gift of tongues, is like an optional thing because they don't understand it. They don't know what it's for. In, in, in Romans 26 and 27, Paul actually says, actually the Holy Spirit says, for when you do not know what to pray for as you ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. How many of you know that if you have the Holy Ghost, He's, equipping, he's equipped you with this supernatural language to pray through you, to intercede through you? You don't even know what you have to say, so that gets rid of all of your excuses. I don't have a prayer life because I don't know what to say. I don't get up in the morning because I don't know what to say. I don't know what he wants me to do. And when I do sit there after five minutes, I run out of things to pray. I've heard that thousands of times in my life. Amen? And you don't have to be ashamed, but, you know, the thing, the thing that uh, Jesus liked about uh, Thomas, Jesus... Uh, like Thomas, he came to Thomas because Thomas was real with him. He just said, I, I can't believe, I don't, I can't do this. And I just, I'm not going to fake it. I'm just, I just, I don't really believe. But Jesus actually loved him and met him and pulled out of Thomas. Thomas was the one that Christ sent to India. Right? And before the Lord sent me to India, I had this experience. Can I tell you some, something else? that the Lord did to me before I went to India? And this is how powerful prophecy and encountering the Lord is and impartations in dreams. I had, this, I had this dream about six months before I went to India. And in this dream, I, I, have a, I had an unfinished basement when I moved into my house about five, five years ago. And I, com- I completed the whole downstairs, a big rec room, and I built this this office area. I put nice marble towel and everything, and I, I have it decorated with all the pictures of India and every, every place that I've been. And it's, it's my prayer room. It's the place where Jesus and I meet every day of my life, right? That's my favorite place in the house. I love the Lord's presence in my prayer room. And so in this dream, the Lord wakes me up, walks me down the basement in my house into, into the, the prayer room. And when we walk into the prayer room, sitting at a desk is a young lady. She's about 25 years old, and she's writing. And the Lord says, this is your great-great-grandmother. She prophesied of the day that her great-great-grandson would go to the nations. And he took the paper off of the desk, and he started to eat it. He, He actually started to swallow what she was prophesying on paper. That'll mess you up if you think about that one, man. Jesus actually consumed what she prophesied a hundred years ago. That a great-great-grandson would go to the nations. Okay? And so Jesus, on, uh, there's, a, there's a part of my office where I put this big screen TV on the, on the one side. And um, Jesus walked me over to this big screen TV. He sat me at the, at the chair in front of the big screen TV. And he put his hand on the TV and he showed me the nation of India. And he showed me uh, people from the nation of India in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a crowd, in churches, and all kind of things. 
And when I woke up, I knew I was going to India, man. He told me that a guy was going to call me from India and I was to go. He prepared me. Not only did, did, did he, he, he tell me um, in a dream, he actually imparted something to me. I knew without a doubt that he was going to call me to the other side of the world to do something that I could not do on my own. And so the reason I'm, I'm so adamant about your relationship is the Lord, will, the Lord has actually equipped you with a supernatural language That when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. Do you guys know what that means? Are you just babbling? Are you just uh, saying things that are spiritual that don't mean a whole lot? There's nothing the Lord does that is not unplanned without purpose. Let me tell you that. It's not just babble. It may sound like babble to you, but it is actually pulling on the Lord and, and, and communicating spirit to spirit with the Lord. Can you pull up um, Isaiah 28, verse uh, 9, 10, and 11? I wasn't going to do this tonight, but I felt the unction of the Lord because when, a, when the Lord is going to shift a house, He shifts it through your prayer life. And He shifts it through people hearing God. He shifts it through a collective group of people hearing the Lord, and together they know that's what the Lord said, and you begin to execute it. Because maybe you didn't really hear it. But when a collective body comes together and hears the Lord speak, that you are the next place you go plant or the next place that you invade, the next place that you go uh, execute something in, everybody is like together because you know that he called you all. Did he call you all? Amen? So how do you draw on the Lord? You have to pray. You have to pursue him. You have to knock on his door. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, the classic edition. If if this is the New King James, that's fine. But um, starting with verse 9, to whom will he teach knowledge? So the Lord is actually asking the question for you. How will he teach you? How will the Lord himself teach you? And whom will he make to understand the message? the, The word understand means you become one with what he said. Okay, you understand it. You know it. You believe it. You are on it. It's just like prophecy. You hear it and you become one with it. You actually pursue it. You become, you meld with the seed. Okay? To whom will he make to understand the message? Those who are babies just weaned from milk and taken from the breast? Is that what he thinks we are? For is it, for it is his prophets repeating over and over, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, rule upon rule, rule upon rule, here a little, there a little. The Lord answers, no. That's the Amplified. He answers it for you, no. As a prophet, as a preacher, as a teacher, as an evangelist, I am unctioning you. I am releasing the best thing I can for you. I am, I am with all my heart trying to impart something to you. But it's only going to get you so far. You have to latch on to it. The Lord actually says no, but the Lord will teach the rebels in a more humiliating way by men with stammering lips and another tongue. So why do I pray? Why do I wake up? And I, I know that when I the presence of the Lord comes down over me like a blanket. And within minutes, He starts to show me things and talk to me. Do you realize that the only reason I am practiced in that is because I practice? Because I pursue him because of the love in my heart for him. I know he loves me and I pursue him. But he actually answers the question. Listen, you can memorize that Bible all day long. The Pharisees had that Bible memorized. 
the Pharisees had the Bible memorized and Jesus actually said he called them snakes, hogs, dogs. He called them everything but sons of God. Do you know why? Because they tried to do it without him. They tried to look religious. They, tr- they, they actually were fake. Thomas wasn't fake. Thomas was just saying, I know I hung around you, but I just don't believe. But the Pharisees were like, I am the most religious guy on earth. Oh, and they go through their routines. And Jesus looks at him and says, who do you think you are, man? Don't get me wrong. I love the Bible. I read the Bible all the time. But I usually go to the Bible after the Lord puts me in a scripture. Or the Lord puts me in a place. The Lord directs me. Right? Does that, does, does that mess you up in terms of what your, what your uh, routines are? The Lord actually equips you. He actually says, no, I will teach you in a more humiliating way. You know, you have to be half-baked to sit there. Shote, soto, pre, ato, bote, bre. Is there anybody here half-baked? I'm half-baked. I'm in love, baby. Shome, me, sote, bre. Listen, the Lord has equipped you with a supernatural ability to draw on him in your spirit. And it bypasses all your limitations of your mind. It even bypasses the breaking, limiting, kleptomaniac cover that that enemy put on your heart. You receive. How in the world did Peter stand up on the day of Pentecost? It says that when the wind came and the power of the Holy Ghost came, it says that they prayed in tongues and prophesied. Do you know that every time prayed in tongues and prophesied in the New Testament is written, it's always in that sequence. They prayed in tongues, prophecy flowed. They prayed in tongues, prophecy flowed. Peter prayed in tongues and he stood up in front of a thousand people and the revelation of what the scripture really meant and what was happening in that time, he knew the season because the Lord imparted something to him as he prayed in the spirit. Come on, man. It can't be that simple. This, this whole thing, this whole Jesus thing about how you try to earn or try to live up or try to become, it can't be as simple as you falling on your face and getting up every morning and saying, Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen here today, but I know that I'm in love with you. And I know you will lead me from glory to glory. I know that no matter what happens to me, that you are for me. And I'm coming to you, Lord, in the way that you gave to me. Oh, Lord, you gave me a vision. Oh, you want me to go prophesy? You want me to prophesy over my, my son today? You want me to go down to Walmart because there's a girl that has never seen the Lord, but she's searching and, and, and she looks like this. Okay, I'm going to go to Walmart because you sent me there today. What would a church look like that was fervently praying in the Holy Ghost? Huh? What would you actually look like? Do you know that the devil is actually afraid of you becoming who you are? He is not afraid of, of a whole region going to church and practicing the rituals of church. But he's deathly afraid of one man or one woman discovering who they are in Christ and actually pursuing the Lord with all their heart. He's afraid of it. He is absolutely so scared of one person becoming who they are that he will fight you tooth and nail. But he, he leaves people alone when they're not even close. Eh? Everybody all right? I see the Lord working on your hearts, man. 
This is not a, this is not, you know, I don't get invited to a lot of places and I don't go to a lot of places because people aren't prepared, but I believe this place has been plowed and ready to hear. You guys are ready to hear the deeper things of the Holy Ghost. Like I said, I've been saying, when the Lord is going to do a great work, He leads people into prayer. He leads people into deep relationship. And out of that relationship, you get sent and you go execute. I don't, it doesn't matter what you were. Everything matters in what He said you are. So your life has to be centered around continuous discovery. That was the question I asked from the start, right? I want to give the opportunity to do what I do when I, when I go to India and other places. I want to, I want to pray for anybody who um, hasn't prayed in tongues for a long, long time, who once was baptized but does, never really grasped it, never really understood it, never really valued it, or anybody who's never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'd like to pray for you. Because, because I'm telling you, I believe that, that when, a, when a group of people get set on fire, nothing can stop a group of people that are set on fire in the Holy Spirit that are, that are hearing the Lord. Amen? I'm excited for what God is, is going to do for, for you guys. Can I tell you something? I've seen people come to meetings as Hindus. Hundreds, by the hundreds, and walk home witnessing Jesus. I don't know what this is. Texting me and messaging me on Facebook and saying, Hey, I got three, three more Hindu women. Uh, they, they, they said they want to know Jesus and they want the Holy Spirit. What do I do? Pray this. Da, da, da. Five minutes later, oh, they're weeping on the ground. Oh, my God. What, what do I do next? Pray for them. But I, I'm getting this vision. What do I do? This is all by messenger. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Indians on the other side of the world who were baptized in the Holy Ghost, believing the Holy Ghost and executing the power of the Holy Spirit. If that can happen to people who come to meetings, Hindus, Imagine what will happen in your life. This is not, I mean, what I do is not like a a freaky thing. It should be normal, right? (laughs) Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. They will raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, and baptize. You will work in the supernatural. Amen? You, You just won't know the Bible. You know the one who wrote the Bible. Amen? Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.